Luke chapter 5, just reading the first 11 verses here. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that'd be Peter, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. It's the beginning of Christ's ministry, right? It's where we, we started as we entered into Luke chapter 4. This is the early stages, and, and uh, I love this story. I love this text. And I'm going to share with you three things, but there's, there's so much more here. And I pray, uh, my, my hope for you is that as we work through the, the gospel of Luke, that you're reading it as well. Uh, that you're, you're praying through it as well. But three things I want to share with you this morning. Here's the first I, I want you to see. I, I, I believe with all my heart that we are prone to putting away our nets too quickly. We're, we're prone to putting away our nets too quickly. If you look at verse 2, as we go through verse 5, it says, he, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. This is very much a story about provision. Uh, it, it is. It's a story uh, about the difference uh, that Jesus brings, right? When, when, when Jesus is on board and when he's not, I, I spoke to somebody this week, I said, man, I, 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 surely this is just about the, the, the difference of our lives when, when Jesus is on board and when he's not. I, said, I, I think there's so much more than that here. It, it, it is certainly that. It is certainly a story about the abundance available in Christ, but it is also a lesson um, for us in, in perseverance, and not giving up because of what is available in Christ Jesus. And so I want you to see it this morning. I just kind of want you to get a sense of what is going on. Professional fishermen have been fishing all night. I mean, people, that this is, this is their living, this is what they do. They've been fishing all night. Now, they're fishing at night because that's typically when you catch the most fish is at night. And, and so they've been out 
all night, a long night. I don't, I don't know if you ever have done shift work. Anybody ever done shift work in their life? Not awesome, is it? Like, like that's just, it's not natural. It's not normal. I mean, I, I know we got, we got to do it, but, but you can, you can get, it's, it's not awesome all night, working hard, and uh, these professional fishermen fishing all night, the whole night. They have worked hard all night, and they have nothing to show for it. They are tired, they are weary, they are worn out, they, they, they're frustrated, to be honest. And you sense that frustration in Peter's response to Jesus when Jesus says, put out into the deep. And, and Peter's response at that point is, Master, we've, we've been fishing all night. We, we've been fishing all night, and there's nothing to show for it. Peter's saying, listen, there's nothing there. Trust me, we're fishermen. He's a little frustrated. He's tired. They're weary. They're worn out. The, the truth is, if we're being honest, they're done. Do you, do you notice that little thing in the text? It said there, it says that, that Jesus goes to two boats. The boats are empty. Do you know why the boats are empty? Because the fishermen are washing their nets. Do you know what that means? They're done. They are washing their nets to put them away. They're finished. They're worn out, they're weary, they're tired, they're frustrated, and they're finished. They are done. That's where we find them. And I I don't know, maybe that resonates with you a little bit this morning. Maybe maybe that resonates with you just a bit and wherever you are in your life, because I know tons of folks, good Christian folks that have fallen into this category, or at least they, they felt this way. Maybe that's you this morning. You're tired. You're weary, you're worn out, you're frustrated. The truth is you're, you're just about finished. A fisherman with no fish. Little fruit for all of your labor. You're about to give up, you're about to give in. Maybe this morning you already have. But here's one of the key points of this passage. Don't. Don't, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't give in. Keep casting because redemption has come. The Redeemer is here. The Messiah is is on board. The Master, the one that has authority over the winds and the waves of life is here. And He says, listen, I know you've had a tough stretch. I, I know you're tired and I know you're weary and I know you're worn out. And I know you're thinking about giving up, but here's what I want you to do. Come with me. Let's go together. Come come with me. Let's go out again. Don't put away your net just yet. Come with me. Let's keep casting. See, this text is about hope. It's about the hope that we can only find in Jesus Christ. It it, it is about the hope that we find after tireless times. After we have spent all of the energy and effort that we possess. It's about the fact that when we are weary and we are worn out and, and we're done. And we think there is no hope that Jesus is hope. That he is hope. And, and some of you here, I just believe you need that hope today. You, some of you here, you, you, you're, you're right in this text. You, you're weary and you're worn out and, and you're done. You, you've put away your net, so to speak. 
You've given up hope. Maybe you've stopped praying for that friend, that family member. You've just, you've just given up hope. I'm done. I'm tired of it. Maybe you've stopped loving that, that neighbor, that person at work, that difficult one. I'm just, I'm just done. I've, I'm putting away my net. No more for them. I'm, I'm finished. Maybe, maybe you have stopped believing that they can change. You're, I'm, I'm done with them. They're never going to change. You're putting away your net. Maybe, maybe you've lost hope in your marriage. You don't ever talk about it. You don't let everyone see it. It's just hard. You're tired of it being so hard. You know how many conversations I have with people week in and week out of people that come to me and this marriage is just hard. Yeah, life is hard. And when you make a commitment to do life, which is hard, with somebody else until you die, you multiply the hardness. But you also find such sweetness. Maybe you're here and you've just lost hope in your job situation or in your finances. You've just given up and thrown in the towel. You're tired of working. You're tired of trying to get out of debt. You just, you just want to give in. You know what? It's Christmas. Forget it. Let's just run up the credit cards again. Let's get that TV. Let's do something to make us feel better. Maybe you're here and, and, and the truth is you've lost hope and maybe your kids or, or your ability to lead your kids. I just I can't do anything anymore. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You know, the Christian phrase for that, I'm just giving them to God, which means we stop praying. Friends, I hate to tell you, that's not giving anyone to God. That's giving up. Maybe you're here this morning, and the truth is, you've lost hope in yourself. You've lost hope in your ability to change. You've lost hope in your ability to rise above, to be better. You've washed and you've put away your net. Hear me, if that is you, that's why you're here today. If that's you and one of those situations I just laid out speaks to your heart, then that is why you're here today because you need to hear this truth. Jesus is our hope. He is our hope because of that, because he has the authority over the winds and the waves. We've got to keep casting. We've got to keep asking. We've got to keep trying. We've got to keep walking in obedience, even when we're weary. Listen, friends, we're prone to quitting. If you don't believe that, then you've, you've misled yourself. We are quitters. When, when, when life gets tough, we look for easier ways out. That's what we do. Don't believe me, just look back over your life. It's true time. We live in an instant gratification society, Right? If, 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 if it's not working, I'll just try something else. I'll cut bait. I'll go to another church. I'll quit this job. I'll go to that job. I'll leave this spouse and I'll go find me somebody else that'll make me. Three wives later, you're miserable. Because that's not the answer. Listen, guys, some things in life are worth fighting for. The big things always are. The big things always are. I just, I, I want to encourage you. When it comes to that relationship, that person that you've given up on, maybe that person is you. Please don't. 
Don't put away your net. Don't wash your nets. Keep casting because Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. You just might be shocked at the hall that is right around the corner. Okay? It's the first thing I want you to see. We're prone to putting away our nets too quickly. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is that many times we miss out on the miraculous because we refuse to go deeper. Many times we miss out on the miraculous because we refuse to go deeper. Verse 4, it says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners, and the other boat comes and uh, helps them. And, and, and they're filled, the boat so full that they both began to sink. Jesus is, is teaching on uh, the shore of the Lake of Gennesaret. We also call that the Sea of Galilee, by the way. It's the same place. Okay. So on the Sea of Galilee, and he is teaching, and the crowd is growing. To, to, to the point that they're pressing in on him now. And, and he's, you can imagine the water behind, crowd pressing in. He has no place to go. And, and he, he, what he's saying is pretty important. He wants the people to hear it. So he sees some fishing boats. He grabs one of the fishermen. He says, hey, can you put out just a little bit, just, just a hair off of the shore so that they can all hear me? And, and, and they do. They just put out right there into the shallow water, just enough off the shore that the crowds can all come and line the shore and Jesus can sit in the boat and he can teach them. And, and he does. And he teaches them until he's finished. Right? He teaches them in, until he's finished. And, and, and then uh, he's going to speak with Peter. Now, it's interesting here. This is, a, this is a prime time for Jesus to teach, right? Do you find any of his teaching in these 11 verses? Do you guys have a different translation than I do? No, right? We just read the 11. We have no ounce of what Jesus actually said to the crowds that he was teaching. Now, we could, we could turn to other places in the Bible and try to figure it out in peace. But, but, but in, on this occasion, as Luke documents, we don't know what Jesus is teaching. Which means the message for us is not about what he taught at that moment, but the message that God has for you and I is found in the event. What is the event? It's the interaction between Jesus and Peter. It's the interaction between Jesus and, and Peter. So, so Peter, without Jesus, fishes all night long, catches no fish. Zero. Not, there's no abundance there, right? There, there's no abundance there. Peter, without Jesus, no fish. It wasn't good. Then, then Jesus gets on board. Jesus is on board, and, and he asks Peter, will you just push out into, just out in a little, just into the shallow waters. So now, now Peter, Jesus, shallow. They're in the shallows, right? Still no fish. There's some good teaching going on here, but there's no fish. The boat's not full. But then Jesus asks something of Peter that he asks of all of his followers. He says, Peter, will you go deeper with me? Will, will, you, will you go deeper with me? Will you go out into the deep with me? And will you cast your net here? 
And, and, and guys, I just want you to see it. It's, it's only here, right? It, it's only here that, that, that it happens. Now, Peter is tired and he is worn out. He's a professional fisherman who has fished all night. He's already washed his nets and he reluctantly obeys. He says, because you say so, I will. Because you say so, I'll go, I'll go fishing. Because you say so, I will make another cast. Because you say so, I will try again. Even though I don't think there's much hope. Even though the fish aren't biting. Because you say so, I'll, I'll do it. And in this one act of obedience, Peter finds that in Jesus, abundance is available. Such a large number of fish that is net begins to break. He has to call James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who Luke lets us know are actually his, his partners in business. He had business partners. They bring out their boat. They fill both boats with so many fish that both boats begin to sink and take on water. Wow. Now, let me ask you a question. If Peter had said, no, I'm done. I'm done. Listen, I've already washed my nets. I'm done. Is he going to catch any fish? If he's done, if the nets are washed, is he going to take in this haul? It's not going to happen, is it? No, because he's done. He's not fishing. He's, he's, he's done. So, that's it. I'm, I'm finished, right? No, no abundance there. Now, what if, what if he had allowed Jesus on board, but he had refused to go out into the deep? How would the haul have been then? Same story, right? Empty boat. He might have, if he had a small enough net, maybe he could have caught some minnows, some bait fish. Right? Friends, it is only here. It is only here, out in the deep, that we find this record hall. This is where abundance is found. Where we, when we're willing to put out into the deep, to press on past our fatigue and our frustrations, and to obey Jesus because we believe that He indeed is Master. That's the term that Peter uses. That he indeed is master. He has authority over the wind and the waves and the fish and the fruit. This is where miraculous happens most of the time. Not on the shore. Not in the shallows. But out in the deep. Last thing I'll share with you this morning. To be caught up in the mission of Jesus means we must be willing to leave everything behind. Look at verse 10 and 11 with me, if you don't mind. It says, and Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Listen to this. Verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything. And they followed him. From now on you will catch men. This is the call of Christ. It's not very popular in our churches today. 
right? We, we, churches like to be popular. They like to have a lot of people there. And so they tend to preach uh, what we would call a, a Jesus and, or, or just add Jesus to your life and you're going to be okay, right? So they'll, they'll teach, well, well, listen, like that, that's not God's plan for you. God's got a better plan for you. There's more prosperity for you if you'll just add Jesus to what you're doing. Or, or the, the opposite is the hellfire and the brimstone. Listen, you're going to go to hell unless you add Jesus into your life right now. And you pray this magic prayer and you are going to be good. You're going to be golden. The problem is, is neither one of those approaches really covers the, the, the true meaning of salvation, which is an exchange. See, the Bible really never says that you are supposed to add Jesus to everything that you do. What the Bible teaches is that you are to exchange everything that you do for everything that he does. We are to exchange our mission and our goals for his mission and his goals. We are to exchange our, our sinful life for his perfect life. It, it, it's an exchange. I give him everything that I am and he gives me in return everything that he is. Perfection and holiness and righteousness. It, it's, a, it's an exchange, right? And, and that's what the Bible would, would teach. And, and, and so, so if we're going to exchange our life and our mission for his, then we have to know what his mission is. And, and it's right here. It's to be fishers of men, to seek and save those that are lost, to set the captives free. It, it, it's phrased several different ways throughout the Bible, all the same uh, imagery. Jesus came to save those that were lost. See, that was his mission. And because we've accepted his life and his mission, and we've exchanged our life and our mission for his life and his mission, that's what we have to be about. And here's where the confusion sets in, because a lot of people think, well, if I do that, if I exchange my mission for, for his mission, then I've got to be a preacher or a pastor, or, and I can't do that. Listen, that, 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 we're not talking about occupation. We're talking about mission. In fact, Ephesians 4, I think Paul does such a great job of, of laying this out there uh, for us. And he says this in Ephesians 4. We do have it, right? Ephesians four eleven. There we go. So Christ himself gave uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, uh, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, I, I like another translation actually says, so, so Christ himself gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and some to be teachers to equip his people for works of service. That word's important. When, when we give up our life, when we exchange our life and our mission for Christ's life and Christ's mission, he's not expecting everyone to then be a pastor or an evangelist or a teacher or a preacher. That's just for some. Some people are going to have that as an occupation. What about the rest? The majority of folks, because that's just some, the majority of folks are God's people. That's who they are. And what does it say? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ... So what is everybody else called to do? To work for Jesus. <laughs> to make his mission our mission. That, that's the goal. He didn't say you have to change your occupation. He said you have to change your mission. So that you are working for God's kingdom to build up the body of Christ. That's called the church, by the way. 
so that we reach fullness and maturity in Jesus. Wow, isn't that different? Some of you are like, hallelujah, I'm free from Africa. I don't have to go. You don't have to go. So he says, so, so pastor, are you, are you telling me that I can be on mission with, with Christ and I can be an engineer? I, I, I can be on mission with Christ and I can be a teacher. I can be on mission with Christ and be a doctor. I can be on mission with Christ and be a lawyer. I can be on mission with Christ and be a banker. I can be on mission and, with Christ and be a stay-at-home mom. Absolutely. As long as you're using that occupation to further the mission of Christ. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, one, I, I would tell you, I, I think we have to focus on the mission. And, and, and the only way I've found to do that is, is to seek to love God, right? If I'm not loving God, if I'm not spending time with God, if I'm not I'm reading his word, I, I tend to forget about his mission, right? Because it's his mission. So like, I need to spend time with him who, who is a purposeful, mission-minded God. I have to spend time with him so that I'm on mission, right? But, but what is his mission? To seek and save the lost. So, I, so I, as I spend time with him, I also have to spend time loving others because he is love. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And so, so my life now is about loving people the way that God has loved me, in word and in deed. So I'm constantly doing something to show people the love that, not just that I have for God, but the love that God has for me and the love that God has for them. And this is my life, this is my purpose. And everything I do, my occupation is spent, my occupation is spent being on mission of loving God and loving people. So when you come to me and I'm your doctor, I'm the doctor that talks about God and how amazing he is and what he's doing in my life. I'm talking about the fact that while I am a physician, uh, the truth is that there is a great physician that can see things that my eyes will never pick up on. And I'm going to maybe ask you in that moment, can I pray for you? Pray what's going on. Can I pray for me that God would grant me wisdom to see what's going on in your life? You follow me? Can you, can, how different would that doctor's visit be for you? Can you imagine the lawyer that you went to and you were willing to shell out big bucks I mean, you, you're done. You've put away the net. You're finished with that spouse. You're done. I, I can't do it anymore. You're, you're willing to pay them a portion of all the settlements that are about to happen. And they sit down with you and say, while money is okay, I think your marriage matters way more than me having some of your money. Have you sought God's counsel? Are there biblical grounds for a divorce? Have you guys gone to counseling and tried to work it out? Because before you ever come to my office and try to give me your money, I think it's crucial that you realize that marriage is not something that you're just supposed to give up on and go somewhere else. Can you imagine that lawyer? (laughs) He may not have the biggest office. He may not drive the best car. But every marriage that lawyer saved would be worth it, wouldn't it? Right? And guys, the list goes on and on and on. Teachers, coaches, you guys have some of the most influence in the world, the way that you love kids and you encourage them, right? Do it in Jesus' name. Be on mission. Okay, so what do we do? Let me give you a couple things and and, um, I'll be quiet. 
I'll give you some application. Uh, first and foremost, I, I would just challenge you because of this passage to make sure that you keep casting, right? Keep casting your nets. Don't, don't give up on that family member. Don't do it. I know it's hard. Boy, uh, I've, shared some, I've, I've shared some family stories with some of you in the church, and you guys know my, my family situation is, is interesting. That's the, that's the way I'll put it because it's, it's Christmas season. We just had Thanksgiving. That was interesting, and, and Christmas is going to be interesting too. It's interesting. You know, it's really easy when you have a messed up family background to just give up. Say, that's it, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It's easy when somebody hurts you over and over and over again to say, I am done. Friends, can I just ask you a question? Just in love, because I love you. Has God ever said that to you? How often have we hurt him? How many times have we turned away from his love, rejected him? When he's doing what's right, how many times did he ever one time say, that's it, I'm done with you? Never, never. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing, neither height nor depth, heaven nor hell, okay? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. I, I just want to challenge, keep casting. Don't, don't put away that net just yet. Don't give up on that marriage. Don't give up on that job situation. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on yourself. Jesus is our hope. There is hope until we breathe our last breath and even more than so. We have hope. Okay? So keep casting. Number two, uh, just challenge you to go deeper. Go deeper with Jesus. Okay? The catch wasn't on the shore. The catch wasn't in the shallow. The catch, the miraculous catch, was out in the deep. It's just where it was. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? What do you mean go deeper? That's just, that's just that's one of those like, churchy phrases. What do you mean? I, I don't know. How deep are you? Because like, if you go to the beach and you're in at your ankles, then deeper would be your knees, right? And, and if you're at your knees, then deeper for you is probably going to your waist. And if it's your waist, then you might want to go up to your chest. And if you're in your chest, then maybe you want to go out until you're starting to tread water a little bit. And, and finally, when your feet can't reach anymore and you're there, you're going to figure out that God has to do some work for you, right? And, and some of you, I mean, and I love some of you have been out in the deep. You are, man. You're treading water. You're tired. We're, you're doing the dead man float. But hang on. Keep casting. Because typically it's out there in the deep where, 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 where the miraculous stuff tends to happen. But it doesn't happen on the shore. It usually doesn't happen in the shallows. So I want to challenge you. Go, go deeper. How much time do you spend in prayer? How much time? Be honest. This is just between you. Don't say it out loud. Just, I don't. I mean, you could. We're in church. You can confess your sins to one another, but I don't know that you'd all want to come back next week. How much time do you spend in prayer? Is it just a few minutes? Is it random? When you think about how do you pray? What are you praying for? Is it just me, me, I need this, 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 this? I'd say that's pretty shallow. So go deeper than that. Start praying for other people. Okay? Say, oh, I, 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 have, a, I have one good prayer time kind of in the morning when I drink my coffee. So let's try to make it two this week. Let's go deeper. Go deeper, right? How, how much time do you spend uh, studying the Bible? So well, I, I have a devotion every morning. 
about five minutes. I read a verse and some words about it. Okay, so let's go deeper than that. Let's press on for 10, right? Maybe, maybe you read a verse, you get that verse of the day. Maybe you, th- this week you, you start going and reading the whole chapter that that verse is, is found, or the whole paragraph, or at least two paragraphs, because a chapter is coming, okay? January 1st, chapter's coming every day. So let's go deeper. Let's start getting ready for, for reading a chapter a day. Maybe, maybe uh, how, how much time do you spend worshiping God? How much time? Just Sunday, uh, which, which we can't take this for granted. It's not like everybody that comes to church on Sunday actually worships, right? So, like, I mean, let's be honest. How much time do you actually spend worshiping? Like pouring your heart out to God, saying, God, thank you. God, you're amazing. God, I'm nothing without you. Like how much time in your week do you spend doing that? So, so if, it's, if it's 10 minutes, if it's 30 minutes, if it's one hour, go deeper. Just go deeper. Maybe you put worship music in your car. Maybe the TV is uh, off a, a little more. And, uh, you know, we have, we have one of these Apple TVs. And one of the things I love, you can hook up to iTunes and, and right there, iTunes Radio. And we can just blast David Crowder or uh, Passion Man or whoever we want to. We can just, it, just going through the TV. Instead of watching mindless junk, we're listening uh, and we're praising Jesus. You can do that. Just, just go, go deeper. How much time do you spend serving others? It's a little bit. Just, just go deeper. Just, just, just do a little bit more. Okay? I'm not saying you've got to be in, up to your neck. Just do a little bit more. Just go deeper and see what happens. How much time do you spend in church? My early morning crew, that's, that's a pretty basic question. Most of you guys are here every Sunday. But, you know, our second service in just a bit, a lot of my folks, and I love them, maybe every third Sunday, maybe every fourth, just go Deeper. Go a little bit deeper. Do you go to Sunday school? Well, no, not really. Are you in a small group? Nah. Go deeper. Go to one of those. You don't have to go to both. You, you, you don't have to be in, in church every time the doors are. We actually try not to use the building. <laughs> actually try to meet in homes and, and those kind of things. Just go deeper. Just go deeper. Take the next step, okay? <clears throat> Number three. Number three. I'll, I'll close here. Uh, just get back on task. Just get back on task, okay? That, that's, that's a loving reminder this morning. Just get back on task. Uh, one of the things I do uh, typically on Mondays, especially when my week is crazy, when, when craziness ensues, I, I, I have to sit down, and I know Alan does the same. He has a little list that he keeps. Uh, I come in Monday morning, and I sit down, and I just think overwhelmingly about everything that has to happen, and I put it all on paper. Like little, little my wife has probably worn off on me somewhere. But, uh, but she's a list maker. So I'll, I'll make me a little list of all the things that have to be accomplished. Why? Because I, without a doubt, I will find myself at some time, I have, I have not just uh, physical ADD, but like spiritual ADD. I'm like, ooh, squirrel. Uh, I, at some point, I will find myself chasing after some kind of rabbit that doesn't really need to be done. And so uh, throughout the week, I'll go back to that list. Oh, wait a second. I've got too much to deal with that. That's going to have to wait till next week's list, okay? Spiritually speaking, it's crucial that we keep the mission before us. I only know one really good way of doing that. Spiritually speaking, it is crucial that we keep the mission of God before us. We are ministers of reconciliation. Our lives are being spent relationally helping bring people into the kingdom of God. That's the mission. We do that by loving God first and foremost, that they see the love of God in us, and then we do that by loving them. Okay? This is what we're doing. So let me ask you this question in love. Are you on mission or are you on a rabbit trail? If you're spending all of your waking hours trying to figure out the day that Jesus is returning, 
trying to interpret all of the political climate. If you're spending your time on Facebook rebutting everybody that says something negative about God, you're probably on a rabbit trail. You're probably not on mission. I say that to you in love. Just as somebody that suffers that way, I, I, I am a chaser of rabbits, my friends. Sometimes we just need to be reminded what the mission is. So get back on task, okay?